0: Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there, oh, what a block by Wallace, what and a jump ball. Pistons down for 12 12-8, 7-38 to play in the first, yeah. first from Rodney, stuck into the rim. Countdown, baby, and a foul. Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk. And we welcome you to this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we start with a word from the logic of Dwayne Casey. And then he said, Henry Ellenson will start the first preseason game. Dear Lord. And the Pistons
1: faithful said, Amen.
2: Oh, ow. Is
1: there anything as underwhelming as is his, is his presence on the court the other night? Oh, my God. Oh,
2: oh wow. Just brutal.
0: Brutal. So the Pistons have played one preseason game. They look to play their second preseason game tonight. But first, let's review it. Opening game, no Reggie Jackson, no Blake Griffin. But there were some positives as well, Aaron. And we got to see a couple things. One, they started Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson, that combination, uh, in the guard spots. So that's something to take note of. Um and Andre went over from three. Couple of big notes going into that era.
2: Yeah, and, and first off, you know, just so everyone knows who's here, because it's kind of a we've kind of been a gauntlet so far and who's been here over the last few weeks. It's Aaron Johnson, Brendan Johnson, and Ryan Pay. Since the host Brendan Johnson can't do his job, I'll do it for him. Sorry,
0: I was reading the word of Dwayne Casey.
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot to take away from that first preseason game, and. Nothing that is like set in stone, this is going to work, this isn't going to work, or anything of that magnitude, but just things that you notice that you feel can be a theme for the season, or you're going to, you know, you think you're going to see a lot more of this season, or maybe you just didn't need to see any more of what you saw in the first game. Um, And if you want to take a look at probably the biggest thing that stood out to me, and I'll let you guys answer uh, following what I have to say, but the biggest thing to me was Stanley Johnson. I mean, again, Everyone knows that I've caped for Stanley Johnson uh, for since he got into the league. He was the guy who wanted the Pistons draft, and I've caped for him through his ups and downs since. And on Wednesday night, Stanley Johnson looked like he did like a completely different player. Like If I didn't know that player's name, I would not have guessed it was Stanley Johnson. He was just a completely different player out on that floor. Uh, went 3-5 from the three-point line with a much better shooting form, and release point. There's more arc to the shot. It looks so much more like an actual shot, like an actual way an NBA player would shoot a basketball. Um, Just played with such control. Wasn't running around and just losing the ball. Played with purpose. He played with the intensity of a Game 7 in the NBA playoffs. And, And that's kind of the way Stanley's always played. But when Jose Calderon got knocked down by Raymond Felton and Stanley Johnson ran up and got all into Raymond Felton's face, You know, that's that's stuff that I like to see. I like to see that from the Pistons because that's kind of what the Pistons are... are, There's always going to be that the Pistons are bad boys mantra. And Stanley Johnson is kind of like one of those guys that can fill that role that maybe was left by Marcus Morris when he departed. Uh, And Stanley Johnson fits that role. And just everything I saw from Stanley on the floor, both skill-wise and mentally-wise, it just looked so much better. And that's something that Throughout the rest of the preseason, I'm just hoping I get to see more of that because Stanley really, really just blew my mind with the way he played.
1: All right, so first off, I just want to say I was only able to really catch the first quarter of this game because every stream I tried to watch and kept cutting out every third second. Uh, so I'm not a fan of these games not being on TV. Uh, so I really only caught the first quarter, and the first quarter didn't really tell us a whole lot. I felt like we were just kind of seeing guys... Uh, Get loose, get ready to go Um, From reading Twitter It seemed like everything started to really pick up Uh, Big fan that Andre Drummond Seemed to be confident In what everyone was saying on Twitter Following game 31 and 16 Uh, Seemed to be beasting Stephen Adams As the game went on Which is something I like to see Because Stephen Adams is a pretty tough dude in the middle Um, And to your point Aaron I do like that uh, Stanley Johnson seemed confident because, like I said, in that first quarter, I didn't really see anything from anyone that I could really read off of. I'm like, what am I going to get out of this game? But it seemed like as the game went on, he was tough confident. He was getting in uh, Felton's face, like you said, which is awesome. I love that. I love being, you know, in people's faces, being rough and tough. The bad boys, Detroit, that's what we do. Um, so, I mean, and then, like you said, starting Reggie Bull and Stanley Johnson, I think that's what we're going to see going forward. Um, and it sounds like Luke Kennard... Is starting to come into his own much more. He's still gonna need a little more time, which is fine. Um and then Henry Allenson was Henry Allenson in the first quarter. And that was kind of my takeaway. Hey, well, again,
0: for Pistons fans that don't know, Detroit did pick up a win in Oklahoma City, ninety seven to ninety one. There was no Pistons fan more excited than Aaron that Detroit did win a preseason game. <laughs> my God. Um, Indeed. Indeed. Absolutely. I'm serious. I was watching the game with them. And you should have just seen this guy. You should have seen his reactions, his excitement, the energy out of a preseason win. It's unmatched, folks. So don't even try. It's unmatched. You'll never get to Aaron's level. Um, and yeah, he brought that same kind of energy that you would have thought that somebody got, you know, uh, my face or something. The way that Aaron was bouncing all around watching
1: that game. Did they close the, coach the central division the other night?
0: Honestly, they might. Have.
1: <laughs>
2: Goodness, Florida you guys. Man, you try it. to go one we'll week without fighting. You love
1: to see it. Oh, you sure do.
2: Can I just? I want to. I, I, before we move on, I wanted to. I wanted to hit on Andre Drummond's game, um, because, to be honest, Hey, lead clip. To be honest, and and that does not matter. It was not. It's not the three point shot that really matters to me from this game. I want to say in general that was probably one of the worst thirty and fifteen performances I've ever seen, um, and that's mainly because of the first half Andre Drummond played. Um, it was really like discouraging the way he played in the first half. Just. Didn't seem locked in whatsoever. A lot of defensive miscues. Um, obviously, the first three-point attempt he took was really ugly, and um, just didn't seem like everything he had claimed he had worked on this offseason and like improved on in last season. It just seemed like all that like somewhat how like went away or whatever you want to say. But obviously, played a much better second half and eventually really did take it to Stephen Adams. So still a pretty bad. 30 and 15 game from as crazy as that may sound because like he dominated the floor and like it, just like last year when Andrew Drummond played like the Pistons were just that good of a team, um, so it was good to see him put it together in the second half. But he's gonna and it's preseason so and it was just the first game. But you know he's not gonna be able to have those first halves in games in the regular season where Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin don't play.
1: No, to your point though, Aaron, like you said. Uh, it was preseason. So I, I, I'll i give him a pass. Like I said, I didn't see the game after the first quarter because the streams were terrible for me. Um, but I'm not going to kill the guy for a rough first half. Uh, not expecting to clean that up. And then to see him come and beat Steven Adams in the second half, half—it's uh, really all I could ask for, to be honest. So I'm, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, it. I mean,
0: let's be fair here. Andre has had a fair amount of those... 20 and 15, 30 and 15 kind of games in his NBA career. It's not necessarily a new thing, um, but I think Aaron, you make a good point that if the Pistons really want to take that next step, and they really want to start talking about not just playoffs, but a home court, you know, contention for the playoffs, um, you can't, you can't do that. You cannot start as slow. You can't, you know, mean put yourself in a hole. You can't play as sloppy. Um, you can't be pulling up for threes, four seconds into the shot clock. It was something Ryan and I talked about a little bit before the podcast. Um, you can't do those things, you know? You no, just I,
2: can't do them. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And one thing that was a positive from his performance to me was, well, one one thing that actually wasn't a positive was the workload he had to take on. I think he played 35 or 37 minutes in a preseason game. And I get that John Lure and Blake Griffin didn't play. But to me, that's absolutely unacceptable. I get Andre Drummond's a pretty st- durable, durable guy and is in good c- condition and can play those minutes, and I really appreciate that. I think that's something that someone can get, even get overlooked because it's just been the norm with him is he's going to play a lot of minutes and he's pretty healthy. Um, but in a preseason game, like that's just not necessary whatsoever. And I think he had found a rhythm by the time maybe at the end of the third quarter where he came out with like three minutes to go in the third he could have not played the fourth quarter, and maybe Detroit would have lost the game, but, you know, it was just a preseason game. But the positive that I'm going to take from his performance was his offensive game. Uh, he was very efficient besides the three-point shot, and even though he didn't really display, like, this newfound range, he kind of displayed a couple different ways that looks like he can score the ball. He's showing off this new, like, flick shot, quick, quick. I know he's done it a few times last year, but it just looked like a more comfortable shot for him where he was getting it and he was flipping it from farther away from the basket and it was a really quick look and he's got more of a finesse to his game you know he can handle the ball a little bit I like I'm not you know asking Drummond to bring the ball up to court and start doing that stuff but when he can handle the ball in a face-up situation or he gets it at the top of the three point line and gets isolated like if that's gonna happen and Drummond can handle that which he showed a little bit that he can do in this game like those are the positives I'm gonna take away not necessarily the stats
0: Sure. So, you know, you take a look back at the first game again, a 97 91 win over the Thunder. Now the Pistons get set to play the San Antonio Spurs. And is there anything that maybe stands out from that first game, Aaron, that you wanted to see, you don't want to see, that you're hoping changes tonight? Maybe something new that you'll see or something that. Doesn't happen again, such as like Andre playing as many minutes.
2: Well, I think the, the biggest thing I want to see is Blake Griffin playing. Um, there was never really any reasoning; we never got it as to why Blake didn't play on Wednesday, and I know he practiced yesterday when the team was out at um, the Oklahoma Sooners facility that Blake Griffin like funded or built or whatever, and he was practicing. Um, and there was never any injury report that Blake Griffin was like dealing with a sore leg or a sore hamstring or sore wrist. So there was no indication that he was going to miss Wednesday's game, so it came as a shock late in the day. Um, so, I mean, obviously you want to see Blake Griffin play. I kind of want to see where he's at. Um, definitely want to see Drummond's minutes go down. And I'm hoping to see, and this was something we saw for just a very short stretch, but we saw a few minutes where it was Lou Kennard, Stanley Johnson, and Glenn Robinson all on the floor together. And I think after watching Henry Allenson in, in preseason game one and John Lure being hurt again, we're going to see a lot of Stanley Johnson or Glenn Robinson the third at power forward. So I want to see more minutes like that. Give me three of those four wings that are competing for the starting shooting guard in small four spots. Have either Stanley or Glenn play the four and then have your two of the other three on the court with him. I want to see how those combinations work because, like I said, I think Detroit's going to be playing some pretty small, small ball style basketball uh, with the situation they're in.
0: Well, Aaron, you make a good point. Ryan, this is something that you know you and I, you and Aaron, all three of us have talked about on the podcast is the small ball lineups the Pistons can go with. Uh, and I think Aaron brings up a pretty good point that if you're able to you know, put Stanley or Glenn Robinson at the four, and then some combination of Bullock, Kennard, and then um, either Stanley or Glenn Robinson, whoever's not at the power forward position, if you could put them on the floor together, that could be really dangerous from an offensive standpoint and scoring the ball, and it doesn't look like you're going to lack much defensively as well.
1: No, I agree. I think that's a better route to go. I love the idea of the small ball lineup with this team, and combining three of the four of those guys that are going for that starting spot to have them on the floor at once, I just think it's smart. Honestly, I'm sorry, I don't think Henry Allison can hang. I just don't think he can. In the league, it's more of a small ball 3-and-D league, and I like the way that that could break down. But real quick to Aaron's point about Blake Griffin, if he's not hurt, I don't care if he doesn't play in a single preseason game. Don't even bother risking him in the preseason. I don't care. We know what he is. He knows what he can do with this team. If he doesn't want to play, don't play him in the preseason. I'm not willing to risk him getting hurt in the preseason. Don't do it.
2: So, the way I see it is I just kind of would like to see where he's at. And if there is any concern, then yeah, don't play him at all. Like, I would never... Um, I would never like no, want it to be that way. So I
1: get what you're saying about you want to see where he's at. I want to see where he's at too. But even if there is no concern, I don't care if there's concern or no concern. If like don't play him. If he, if you just, I, like, I'm not a fan of risking him in the preseason. Sure. I, I, I kind of treat it like the NFL. Don't even bother with him. Let just let if he feels like he's in a groove in practice when they're together and they're shooting that's fine.
2: Yeah, that's fine.
1: In practice. Let him roll like that and get everyone else time, because Blake Griffin doesn't need it. Don't risk him in the preseason. I can't. I couldn't handle Blake Griffin getting hurt in the preseason. I will quit this podcast and quit being a fan of the Pistons. I'll be done, dude. If they, if they got if he got hurt in the preseason.
0: Well, then let's
1: really hope that
0: Blake does not get hurt in any sort of preseason um, affair here. But you know, the other thing to think about isn't this? Aaron, a few years ago, how Reggie Jackson got hurt preseason game. Am I not? Am I mistaken?
2: He um,
1: was versus worse, worse the Miami Heat.
2: I do not remember that, so I can't confirm or deny it.
1: I'll just say this: I don't totally remember either. But Brendan definitely has a look on his face, like he definitely knows that that's a... there was something.
0: There was somebody that got hurt in a preseason game not too long ago, and I was thinking that was a Reggie Jackson injury, but maybe it wasn't. It could have been somebody different. Either way. Um, injuries can happen and um, I, I kind of agree with Ryan here you know you don't want to put Blake in a position that even if he feels good and he goes out and he plays just a couple extra minutes and something small happens and he's got a lingering issue or he takes you know, he, he comes off one bad screen and he twists his ankle right if he wants to get out there and he feels good about it and he wants to give you 10 to 12 minutes then go for it Fine. and fine. if he doesn't want to or you know he feels good and says, "Hey, I don't need to go out there." Don't even yeah, better.
2: Yeah, fair.
1: Don't.
2: <laughs> one other I guy. Just, I
1: don't know. Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry, go ahead.
2: One other guy I wanted to talk about. Um, actually, there's a few if, if we can get to him. But one one guy I really wanted to talk about was Glenn Robinson III. Uh He looked really good out there. Like guys, he looked. He was he was making plays. Like the way he was scoring the ball was really really encouraging and. I just, I was really impressed with the way he played. He looked very good out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had a feeling, like I said, I couldn't watch the game, so I can't totally attest to that. Um, but like I said beforehand, when we've been talking all the way leading up to this point on all the previous podcasts, I thought Glenn Robinson was going to have a solid, solid career as a Piston. I thought he was going to really challenge Stanley and Reggie. Um, Bullock, and based off the first game, it seems like that's what he's kind of here to do. So I'm encouraged by it, like you are, and I'm excited to see it. You know, I'm really curious now
0: as I'm thinking about it. There was somebody for the Pistons that got hurt a preseason game. Brenda just can't let this one go, and I'm trying to figure it out, but I won't delay the pod for that. Um, Going into tonight, Pistons taking on the Spurs, and you know, obviously. If anybody's rooting for a Pistons win, it's Aaron.
2: Oh, uh, wow. But Sell me course. out.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about, though, just some keys for Detroit. Maybe you take a look at Dwayne Casey's scheme and what you could get a taste of in that first game. Some similarities of what he did in Toronto, and then also you'll, you'll see more adjustments to personnel as you get Reggie and Blake on the floor. Um, but Aaron, with you, in terms of maybe a strategy tonight and scheme, uh, is there anything that you saw in that first game, or something you'd like to see tonight on that front?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing scheme-wise was the way the Pistons' offense played. There was, you looked at their shot chart after the game, and I believe they took, it was like seven or eight shots that were either outside the outside the paint. So every other shot they took was inside the paint or from beyond the three-point line, and that is the most effective way to play basketball it is analytically the most efficient way to play basketball. So for Detroit to continue to play like that, I just want to keep seeing that. Now they only shot 24% from the three-point line in the game on Wednesday, but it was the first game of preseason. So I'm not putting any stock into that whatsoever. Um, I want to see them continue to take a lot of threes and get good looks at the basket and eliminate as many mid-range jumpers as possible because. Statistically, Detroit has taken a lot of long twos in Stan Van Gundy's tenure. Now with Dwayne Casey, we're seeing a different kind of philosophy, and the shot chart just looked beautiful from last game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that shot chart, and it was just all three-pointers and in the paint. And it's good to see the Pistons finally, finally starting to play more modern basketball. Like you said, a lot of the long twos in the Stan Van Gundy era, that was annoying as hell. And I'm glad to see it's hopefully gone with this new team. So that's something I'd like to see see them continue doing, is continuing working on the three, continuing to pound the ball in the paint. uh, Just keep it going, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um,
0: you know, you take a look ahead at the rest of the preseason, and obviously we'll have another pod uh before the preseason concludes but what's the value on these games and i think that ryan you kind of touched on it when you talked about not letting blake play and how much value maybe you put into these preseason games but is what what can you take out of these how much stock can you put in these what kind of value um do these
1: preseason games really hold for these guys ryan for me, the value in the preseason is for the fellows on the roster trying to prove themselves. Guys like Stanley Johnson coming out more confident, uh, being more aggressive, that's where I find the value. Luke Kennard, how is he developing his game? The rookies, when did they get in? If they get in, how do they acclimate themselves to NBA play? That's where more I find stock in the uh, preseason and in these games. Uh, guys trying to prove themselves. Not really in whether Andre Drummond, uh, did well, if Blake's gonna play, it's preseason not really for the older fellas, <coughs> not for the veterans, not for mm-hmm. the established guys. For me, preseason's for the younger guys to get acclimated, to prove themselves, and that's that's where I find values. How are they performing?
2: Side note: We saw Bruce Brown play eight minutes on Wednesday, and I think all those minutes came at point guard. So it's it's happening. Point guard Bruce Brown is happening. Oh, it's definitely and. Happening. I know there are very few people as excited as Ryan and I for that to be happening because Bruce Brown is going to be a problem in this league. I, that is one take I am very confident in.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree.
2: So for me, preseason-wise, the value that I get out of it, more of a, a coach's philosophy, I guess, is I want to see the lineups. I want to see what kind of lineups I can throw out there. I mean, with Detroit, you have the perfect um, way to look at that when you look at their wing combinations, they go with Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson in Game 1. I think that's the uh, assumed starting group or starting pair on the wing for Detroit. But in Game 2 tonight, are we going to see Luke Kennard and Stanley? Are we going to see Luke Kennard and Reggie Bullock? Are we going to see Luke Kennard and Glad Robinson III? Like Detroit has those combinations to test out, and preseason is that perfect time to do it. Or we could go, we could get crazy. And if Blake Griffin doesn't play, we could see Glenn Robinson at the four or Stanley Johnson at the four. And like I said earlier, two of those other wings competing for minutes at those spots. So that's kind of where I look at it. I look at, you know, uh, it, Jose Calderon started uh, in place of Reggie Jackson on Wednesday. Is it Smith going to start today? Is he maybe going to go with Luke Kennard? Uh, you know, what's he going to do with the point guard spot? What is he trying to find out there? Maybe we see Bruce Brown. Um, so that's kind of how I look at preseason. I, I think there's value in getting your your top players at least somewhat of you know reps, you know, not maybe on every game thing, maybe no more than 20 minutes. I still think there's value in that just to kind of, once see your team at, at full health and at full strength so you can kind of test out what works and what doesn't work and to help them build a little bit of a rhythm. But for me, that's not like the biggest deal. It's more so trying to find lineup combinations with role players And because your best players, they're going to fit in if they're your best players. So for me, preseason is, like Ryan said, getting your rookies, seeing what they can do, getting your young guys, seeing what they can do, and then finding those role players that fit together to put in your lineups with your top players.
0: You know, another thing that we talked about um, before preseason started was that with Reggie Jackson out, you could see Jose Calderon start and then Ish Smith lead the second unit. Jose Calderon did start the first preseason game for the Pistons. You wonder if that's some sort of indication that Calderon will be the starter when Reggie Jackson is out going forward, Um, or is that just a first game of preseason, you roll with it, and then you'll try something new tonight, similar to what you were talking about with the guards, Aaron?
2: Well, the way Casey alluded to it, he did say that there was that possibility that Calderon would start to keep Ish with the second unit. And I like that idea because I think Ish fits better with the second unit. You know, it gives him the ability to push the floor and not have to worry about giving other guys touches when Ish can really just push the floor and go at the basket and then kick out if necessary because that's the way Ish plays. Jose is a guy that is he's not he doesn't need a lot of touches. He's gonna facilitate your offense. He's not really gonna turn the ball over that much. Um, obviously, he's not gonna be a great defender, but if he gets a shot, you know, he can shoot the three pointer. So he's a low volume player, and he's pretty efficient. So that's what kind of makes sense when you have a lineup that has Blake Griffin who needs so many touches, and Andre Drummond that needs so many touches, and you know Reggie Bullock or Luke Kennard, whoever it may be, that needs those other touches. Jose Collins is a guy that, that fits that mold better than someone like Ish Smith would.
1: Yeah, no. To that point, I think Dwayne Casey's telling us exactly what the case would be if Reggie Jackson has to miss time and that is Jose Calderon starting at point guard. Um, Because like you said, Aaron, high-volume guys, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, they need to get their touches. The offense needs to go through them. And with Jose Calderon leading the offense, he's more of a facilitator. He's not looking to score. So that that will work perfectly, whereas Ish is more of that offensive threat. He's pushing the floor, kind of looking for his own shot first, pass second. And that's not going to mesh well enough with the first unit like Collarone would with his pass-first mentality. And so I'm not mad at it. It's fine by me. Roll with it. Yeah. So, Dwayne Casey, at least giving that indication,
0: it'll be interesting to see as they go forward. You know, the direction that that Dwayne Casey tries to take some things, right? You know, Well, tonight we see a different starting group uh, at the wing spots. Um, Does Blake Griffin play at all in the preseason? What do Andre's minutes look like going forward in the preseason? These are all things... Uh, to most definitely keep an eye on. Um, And I think the final thing that we'll talk about here on the pod today, if there was one person that flew under the radar through the first preseason game, maybe didn't have a heavy impact, but could have a greater impact going forward. And and Aaron, I'll more so ask this question to you, since I know Ryan had to battle um, the poor streams for the game. If there was somebody that kind of flew under the radar, but you expect to take a bigger leap, who would that be?
2: Uh, far and away, it was Zaza Batulia because I had the lowest of expectations for him coming into this season. And he played 14 minutes, had 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, was 4 6 from the field. And I, he, when he was out there, it was just like Detroit had another leader on the floor. They had that veteran presence. Um, and he was just making plays, you know, like he was effective. It, it, and I was just really shocked. Like, honestly, I was like, Zaza's in. Here we go. It's going to be... This is, you know, another... Ugh, we don't have a backup big situation. But Zaza played pretty well. And if he can even do, like, half of what he did last night in regular, you know, in the regular season, that's a benefit for Detroit because he looked really comfortable. He was, you know, being the antagonist that Zaza is. Um, you know, we saw him get into a little bit of a, a, sk- a skirmish. Or, you know, he, may- he flopped a little bit. It's what Zaza is. And to see that, you know, when he's in your team's jersey, you know, you kind of laugh at it, you appreciate it. And I think Detroit's going to, and I think Dwayne Casey really respects that, and I think Detroit will will learn to appreciate what Zaza can bring to the table if he can play to somewhat of a level that he played with on Wednesday and stay at that kind of a pace.
1: Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Just reading Twitter uh, throughout the second half and seeing how juiced everyone was on Zaza and Pachulia. Got me pretty juiced up. I wasn't going to lie. I was like, all right, here we go. Back up big. Let's do this. Let's do this. It was like
0: a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. We were talking about, like, poor drinking games to play while Zaza was in because of how bad the expectation was. Right. And now all of a sudden, everybody's juiced. I can't believe that Aaron just went on to the podcast and gave Zaza
1: Pachulia as much credit as he just did. I know. That was fantastic. Honestly, I hope it continues. Let's continue this. We need a good, solid backup big. Hopefully, Zaza Pachulia continues, because I did not see this coming at all. Like I know it's preseason. I don't put a ton of stock into it, but to see him, of course, we should have known he was going to be reared and ready to go. That's what he, like Aaron said, it's what he is. He's never going to change. That's who he is. He's going to bring the heat every night, no matter what. That's what he does. And you know what? Maybe that's what that team needs. So it's all the pods back when I'm like, God, this is terrible. This sucks. I hate that Zaza's here. Maybe this is a great thing for this team.
0: We will have to wait, I guess, and find out as the Pistons push forward. They get set to play the San Antonio Spurs in their second preseason game. Um, You know Aaron will be edge of his seat. All intense. Muscle cramps. Well, he watches that game uh, looking to be 2-0 in preseason play, are the Pistons. So we encourage you to check that game out. We appreciate everybody that's tuned into the pod today. And, you know, take these thoughts going forward into the preseason. Maybe start to think about some of the stuff we talked about. Pay attention to Andre's minutes. Pay attention to this Blake in any run in preseason. Uh, pay attention to some lineup changes. Does Jose, Jose Calderon continue to start? Uh, these are all things that you need to be monitored and paid attention by you, the fans, as well, so you're aware of what's going on with your team. So we'll talk next week. We'll take a look back at that Pistons uh, preseason to where they're at. Uh, and, guys, slowly but surely, we are inching to opening night for the Detroit Pistons against the Brooklyn Nets. Could not be more excited. We'll have all of the content here for you right on Palace of Pistons. You can follow the website, palaceofpistons.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. You can follow Aaron at A Johnson NBA. You can follow Ryan at pay, PAYE, P A Y E underscore Ryan. You can follow myself at Media Brendan. You can follow us on Instagram at Palace Pistons. Uh, subscribe, review, Rate the podcast. You know the drill. We talk about it. Tell your friends. Tell everyone about it. Spread the word. Pistons season is here. This is when we need Pistons Nation to gear up. We need everybody tuning into the pod, following along, interacting with us on Twitter, participating in the Twitter polls, and making sure that they follow along with everything we're
1: providing as well. It's Pistons season, guys. It's finally. Here. It's here, you guys. I'm Juiced. Brendan's Juiced. So I can only imagine how Juiced Aaron is. We're ready to talk Pistons. We're ready to watch Pistons interact with us. Yeah. So we're ready. I, and I really want
2: to put an emphasis on staying up to date with the website. Uh, as player previews have begun for the season. I already wrote about Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas. Looks like I'm going to have to write about Henry Allenson here today. So. I don't know if you're going to want to read that one, but you're definitely going to want to read up on Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas. There's some film involved in both of those pieces. Um, So make sure you're you're looking up at the site, palaceofpistons.com. On Twitter, we we tweet out during the game. You know, we're always active on game day. Follow us at Palace of Pistons. I'm always tweeting. Ryan and Brennan always tweeting. You already got all that info from Brendan, but just wanted to reiterate that to everyone. So, yeah, guys, uh, to say I'm excited about the season would be an understatement.
0: The season is here thank you everybody for tuning in follow us on the socials review rate subscribe to the podcast and we'll just wait for the next word from Dwayne Casey as we started with the amen to Henry Allenson starting hopefully we're starting today and the rest of the preseason and the rest of the regular season with Henry Allenson. we'll never start another game in a Pistons uniform And the people say, "Amen." We will see you next time on the House Business Podcast.